So in Joseph's last talk, he spoke uh, a little bit about the quality of relaxation. He talked about relaxation not meaning to be too casual, and how relaxation needs to be balanced with interest, investigation. And I wanted to speak a little bit more about this this evening. Um, after his talk, you know, we began talking about it, and I, I just see that in my own practice, this has just been such a fruitful area to look at. You know that um, earlier on in in my practice, I didn't hear so much emphasis on the quality of relaxation, and. Um, it doesn't mean that it wasn't implied, but it wasn't in how I was hearing the teachings. And it, I don't think it was very evident in the way that I practiced. And that just somehow in recent years, uh, paying more attention to both the, this quality of relaxation, which... Um, you know, just can bring about a great ease and, you know, qualities of trust and acceptance uh, where it doesn't fall into being too casual, which it can easily, but where it's balanced with having an interest, awareness of what is happening or the quality of investigation being there, that this just... It doesn't matter what the mind is paying attention to, that, that it just facilitates the strengthening of wisdom. And I think that, you know, this just uh, however we want to language it between the relaxation, the interest investigation, we're really getting into what the Buddha talked about as being the seven factors of enlightenment or the seven factors of awakening. And, you know, we find that. Um, we have on one side uh, investigation, interest, um, <clears throat> effort, or wholeheartedness, and which are very energizing qualities in the mind. And that we have on the other side that of tranquility, uh, calmness, um, equanimity, and that you know this is all all accompanied by mindfulness. And so that together these aspects really incline the mind towards innate wisdom. And, you know, the, the Buddha spoke about it. He said, just as all the rafters of a peaked house slant, slope, and incline towards the roof peak, so too when one develops and cultivates the seven factors of awaken, awakening, they slant, slope, and incline towards nibbana or the mind that is free of all binding, of greed, hatred, and delusion. So I want to speak on each side of these, not going into the factors themselves, but more in general terms, and just you know, a sense of what helps in an easeful way to strengthen and keep in balance. And you know, with that, I want to say it's mindfulness that is going to help us to be able to see when we're getting out of balance. And often, like you know, if we are relaxing and we start to get quite spaced out in that, just mindfulness seeing that, it's, it rectifies right there. 
You know, it, 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 so you want to watch that you don't start striving for a perfection of this, you know, this balance between the two, but just by paying attention to these qualities in the mind, that, they're, that, that they can very naturally work in tandem together. I'd like to share a teaching from Upasaka Ki, who was a lay Thai woman, and she wrote a book called Pure and Simple. She says, so when you practice, you have to observe in your meditation how you can make the mind still. Once it grows still, it tends to get stuck there, or it may become empty without any knowledge of anything, quiet, disengaged, at ease for a while, but without any discernment to accompany it. But if you can get the discernment to accompany your concentration, that's when you'll really benefit. You'll see things in, you'll see things all the way through and be able to let them go. If you're too heavy on the side of either discernment or stillness, you can't let go. The mind may come to know this or that, but it latches on to knowledge. Then it knows still other things and latches onto them too or else it simply stays perfectly quiet and latches on to that. We probably know this in our own experience. I mean, the still mind, you know, where it starts to get really calm, peaceful. And there can be a stillness where there's awareness, but do we ever fall into more of a stupor there, where, you know, it's really peaceful, And that's it. Probably happens sometimes. I mean, I think it's understandable too. You know, so often in our lives we crave just a little bit of peace. And so the mind starts to taste of it. And then it's like it latches on to the stillness. So please don't be disparaging of yourself if you go, oh yeah, I've done that before. You know, it's that we learn from it. Um, Or on the other side, where the mind is very energized. It it has this quality of investigation, but it doesn't have the balance. It doesn't have any stability in the mind. And so it's really like, you know, as if you're looking, 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 and every time you look, you're stirring the water so dramatically, you can't see what's there. You know, so we we can easily go one way or the other. But when we have the stability of mind that is calm, peaceful, tranquil, and yet is aware, alert, and even at times using inquiry, investigation, that that becomes a very profound invitation to wisdom. So first, the side of tranquility. Tranquility is facilitated by the quality of relaxation. And, you know, I remember, you know, having a sense of what it was like to lay down and relax the body, you know, just the unwinding of the body 
the just not holding tension or not reacting to tension. But the, the relaxing of the mind, it was sort of like, well, yeah, <laughs> what does that mean? And really, I found it very interesting. You know, there can be kind of a uh, um, more easily seeable level of relaxation where it's just, you know, not a sense of not fighting with experience. You know, and just allowing, allowing the mind to be as it is. That there's really a quality of relaxation in that. And, and with that, um, you know, the, the sense of, sometimes you might say a letting go of things, so we're not picking up what arises in the mind, or a sense of letting be. Um, also, there is a quality of non-fixation. And that was where relaxation started to get a little bit more interesting, to just see the, the, the more subtle levels that the mind was holding. And it could be just subtly fixating on some aspect of experience, like energy. You know, sometimes we feel energy and in the body, um, and the mind just kind of fixates there and... And there's just a subtle tension in the, in the receiving of that experience. Even, I've, you know, the, like there can be the scene of a fixation around space that is a holding of tension. You know, so where the mind is starting to fixate, it's just allowing to relax, to let be to receive. Relaxing is something that we do, not just in the quiet, peaceful times, which, you know, that's often how we relate to relaxation, um, you know, laying down and relaxing. It's kind of laying down and going into oblivion. You know, that's where it's not balanced with the alertness, awareness. But um, relaxation happens with tension, and it happens in the midst of emotional storms that we still can have this sense of relaxing with. You know, so it's, it's that allowing things to be as they are and not fighting or reacting with that. And that in itself is relaxing, even though unpleasant experiences may be present. It's, it's just allowing. Relaxation is something that we all know we cannot force. That, you know, you just can't do it on demand. That that can uh, just create more tension. You know, it's like trying to force one's mind to relax, trying to force the body to let go. But it's just when there's a steadiness of mind in being with, the result is relaxation. When there isn't that fight, when there isn't that resistance. And so often to facilitate that, we will need to check the attitude in our mind with which we're practicing. Because at times we find that the very way in which we're meditating has become colored by greed, by wanting, expectation, 
um, leaning forward, leaning into our practice. Sometimes our uh, attitude in the mind, we, we start practicing to get rid of, to, uh, you know, from a place of aversion, not wanting. So we're practicing to get rid of that which we don't like. And uh, sometimes we're just not connecting with our experience. You know, there's an attitude of complacency. And so when our attitude is uh, colored by greed, aversion, or delusion, it doesn't facilitate this relaxation. And so we really have to pay attention to the very way, the attitude, the atmosphere of which we're coming to the practice. And, and then again, you know, we, we can invite a healthy attitude, which is one of relaxation, which is one that is accepting, which is one that leads to ease, to contentment. And we can notice when there's an unhealthy attitude, which is based in the wanting, the getting, becoming, getting rid of, or simply spacing out. And just, you know, we can't force an unhealthy attitude to be healthy, but we can notice the effect. We can notice the effect of tension. We can notice the effect of striving. We can notice the effect of complacency. And again, this is where mindfulness will help to rectify, to bring into balance in the seeing of it. If we have an attitude that is healthy, that is wholesome, that is based in relaxation, acceptance, contentment, seeing things as they are, then um, this, this means that it won't matter what the object is because the mind that observing it is free from greed, aversion, and delusion. And we can then be aware of anything as the object of meditation. It doesn't matter. There doesn't have to be a hierarchy with one thing being better than another to be aware of. We find that a lot of energy gets consumed in how we're relating to our experience, you know, with, with the attitude with which we're practicing. So just by becoming aware of that, it um, helps both the mind to relax and to also bring about more energy and interest in what we're doing. So paying attention to whether there's tension or this quality of relaxation. If there's tension, a sense of relaxing with, receiving. This is very much tied into acceptance, allowing things to be as they are, including 
of resistance, including frustration. You know, that, that it is accepting whatever presents itself. Again, when this acceptance is there, there's no struggle. There's no trying to get a certain experience. There is this element of whatever is here, this is okay. No, and we can really get a feel for that. You know, when we, it's especially um, evident if we've had very strong emotional reactions. You know, say anger arises. And there's a moment where anger just raises its head and it's like in the mind. And then there's acceptance of this. And it's like, oh, anger is here. It's just like, this is just what's here. This is okay. This is the way things are right now. And there's no struggle floundering with that. This is just what is. In times where we find that we are struggling, this can be a key to just look and see what is happening in our experience that is not being accepted. So just kind of, you feel the struggle, you feel the frustration, you're um, not at ease in some way. It's just like backing up. What's not okay? And then just seeing that, resting in the awareness, relaxing in the awareness of that. And with this relaxation, acceptance, there's also this quality of receptivity just allowing whatever comes to be known. Receptivity really helps us to see the natural quality of mindfulness. When we're simply receiving a sound, a thought, an emotion, and, you know, it's just being received. Known. And there's no doing in that. There's no one who is doing. Mindfulness, <clears throat> excuse me, really, it's like <sighs> receiving this life in, you know, it can be in the most minute ways of just looking and seeing, like seeing the board, seeing the colors, seeing the waves in the floor, um, seeing the, the hand. You know, it's just feeling into that without judgment. There's a poem, poem from John Moffat that I really like because I, I think it expresses this receptive quality of mindfulness. It's called, to look at anything. To look at anything, if you would know that thing, 
you must look at it long to look at this green and say, I have seen spring in these woods, will not do. You must be the thing you see. You must be the dark snakes of stems and ferny plumes of leaves. You must enter into the small silences between the leaves. You must take your time and touch the very peace they issue from. That really touches that that non-reactive, non-judgmental mind that lets us know the river of life, the stream of experience, the unfolding that is occurring. Sometimes we find that we have fallen into a lot of doing in our practice. Uh, you know, just a sense of, of leaning forward, trying, um, trying different skillful means that we've heard. And, and so that can be a time where, you know, you just start to feel the tension of it. And then just to remember the quality of receptivity and to really let the mind be open and to simply receive. And that's where often sound is really helpful. That uh, just in letting it be like listening to a symphony orchestra, hearing the sounds, hearing the spaces between the sounds, and you know, it, it, there's nothing to do, no doing to do. And this is what this quality of receptivity is like. No doing in it. No one who is trying to do the receiving, just simply receiving. We find that relaxation, trust, acceptance, receptivity. This is all very much tied in with the quality of trust. Because if we can't trust, we can't relax. That, that there is, we, if we can't trust, there is some kind of fear that we need to stay in control in some way. And in practice, that, that uh, needing to be in control is often showing itself through the overdoing. And uh, that, that's a way that we try to stay in control. And that if we can instead relax, receive, and trust, This allows the mind to go beyond what we think we know into the unknown, to really put down the conceptual mind and let life meet us in this moment freshly. We are often driven, <clears throat> excuse me, 
we can see this quality of non-trusting when we start to grasp as if we need something. We need to get something. And that with the quality of trust, there's the relaxing back. And when trust is present, it's, it's the sense that it's already here. We don't have to go somewhere else. We don't have to do something else. We don't have to get something better. It takes a huge amount of trust to sit mindfully present as it is without meddling. But the trust gets strengthened as we see the power of mindfulness, the power of awareness in our own experience. If we have been you know, trusting in our willful effort, or we've been trusting in our personalities, and we maybe have become extremely disillusioned and, you know, reason for not trusting. Um, but what it is, that's just really misplaced trust, misplaced faith. And that if through that willingness to have these very simple moments of simply being, and seeing really just how the mind is protected there and how in these moments there is no grasping, there is no striving, there is nothing else needed, then trust starts to take hold. Trust starts to be kind of the ground in which we sit, that it's already here. And then there's just a looking to what's already here without an agenda. The trust really helps us to just touch that silence of heart, mind that stillness, not the stillness where there's just nothing happening, but where the mind is not caught up in the movements of the mind, but is just abiding within awareness. I know one of the times I started to play with the quality of relaxation and within this the acceptance, trust, receptivity um, was just laying in bed, falling asleep. And it was just one of these games. I don't know if as a meditator you come up with some of the games where you, you just like to watch what the mind does. And I think these are you know, healthy games. They're helpful. And so one of the things was to lay in bed and just relax the mind 
as deeply as I could, you know, knowing that you can't actually do it, but it's just a sense of releasing, relaxing, letting be, and just tr being aware as far into sleep as I could. And then, you know, it came from re be really a relaxing and being aware and laying down to doing that in the upright posture, which, you know, it's just a different posture. Watching within that where the relaxation turns really casual, you know, where it isn't um, met with interest. I'm going to go into more interest and in investigation. Uh, one of the, a simple way for me around relaxation is to relax and know that you are relaxing. There's just the relaxation and awareness of relaxation. So along that, when the relaxation moves into that stillness, that um, more slothful place, it's, that's a, a good good grounds to bring in the quality of investigation or interest. Because what happens is we really start to focus on the experience of stillness, which is pleasant, alluring, but the mind is no longer aware of it. But if instead we remain aware of the stillness, the mind stays alert present with, not lost in the stillness. One of the things, if you know, it starts to get calm and peaceful, and we're not quite sure if we're starting to get lost in the stillness, you can just notice if you know, uh, some unpleasant experience comes along, is there a sense of trying to shield the mind from seeing that? Because if it's a stillness that is an openness of mind, then that openness includes whatever these unpleasant experiences might be. But if it's a mind trying to hang on to the stillness, it's trying to cut that out, to exclude it. And so it's like just seeing if there's a movement away from any sense of unpleasant experience. Or a sense of we don't want to move because we might disturb something. No, more likely we're falling into a clinging to stillness rather than just an awareness of an open, contented, peaceful mind. So the balancing of the relaxation with interest, it's like this natural curiosity of mind that keeps us from really staying stuck in oblivion. Because it's like, huh, what's happening here? It's like just 
uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a really big thing in the mind, but just a natural interest. Very much like when somebody's talking to us and they're talking about something we find really interesting. The mind stays really steady, present. It invites that openness. It invites that receptivity. It's like, oh, learning something new. The, you know, the curiosity of a child. I've just recently, with not having children in my life very much, been around uh, both a three-year-old and a five-year-old and have just delighted in their, their level of curiosity and the innocence with which it comes. And this, the quality of investigation, which is a non-analytical investigation, you know, so it's not the figuring out, but it is this, this interest in the mind that is looking at, looking towards, uh, and in which things can really be understood. You know, the quality of investigation is the wisdom factor in the mind. And it, it's, this, the, it's what really turns or lights up the field of awareness. And we just see that. So, you know, you, like when we've moved into um, the casualness. But suddenly there's an interest in it. It's, that's like, you, you know, it's like suddenly the lights come on. And the whole field of awareness, that which wasn't being seen, is suddenly illuminated. And it's just, you know, it's just such a little spark in the mind. And this interest naturally brings about an effort that is sustaining. It really helps to stabilize the mind. No, because the, the mind doesn't waver then. You know, just as when you were talking to that or listening to that person that was interesting, there's a steadiness there. And so it's like, whoa, what's happening here? And because the interest isn't coming with baggage, it isn't coming with an agenda, it's not the kind of investigation that has a theory and is trying to prove it. It's coming with that childlike innocence to see, to know, to understand as it is. Sayada Upandita describes investigation in this way. He says, it's intuitive, a sort of discerning insight that distinguishes the characteristics of phenomena, a synonym for insight or wisdom. It, this, this quality of investigation lights up the field of awareness and has a natural intelligence. And this is the wisdom. This is the discernment that happens. Whether you know this discernment happens through being able to distinguish hardness from softness. Um, uh, there must be more things to discern than that. <laughs> my voice from the sound of silence, mechanical noises from the sound of the, the bell. Uh, uh, whatever it might, you know, there's just so many different <laughs> discerning um, experiences. 
There is, isn't there? <laughs> In breath, out breath. <laughs> okay, you've got the picture. <laughs> now I've lost the plot. <laughs> okay, yes, that's one level. You know, we just see how each experience has certain characteristics. And then we also see discern the impermanence, the um, unsatisfactory nature due to changing conditions. And we also discern the impersonal nature, the universal characteristics. And this is, this is from that natural curiosity, that, that unencumbered investigation, that turning on, that, that the mind being with, and it's not created. It's not fabricated. It's when the mind is unencumbered. When the mind is getting very stable, and that doesn't mean it, it's just peaceful. It's that there's a continuity of mindfulness that you know, could be many changing experiences, but the mind is able to discern. You know, it's, it's aware, it's connecting with all of these changing experiences. Or sometimes it might be when it's very peaceful, um, quiet, that sometimes we might actually want to tweak the quality of investigation just a little bit. You know, just, uh, just that, that helping to see what's already here. Because, it, because the mind can start slipping into um, the, the, the stillness, the uh, just kind of that when, when it becomes really easeful, there can be just kind of a pleasure in that easefulness that isn't being seen. And so just to, to really um, help facilitate the lights being on, sometimes we can use a question, a form of inquiry. And, you know, it can be as simple as... Um, Is calmness in the mind? Is it in the body? Is awareness static or fresh in every moment? Do we need to look in order to see? Do we need to listen in order to hear? It's a, you know, and it will be a question that comes out of your practice at the time, out of what is of interest. That could be interest in boredom. That could be, you know, that you're feeling really bored and you remember interest and it's like, <laughs> right. <laughs> but what's, what's not interesting? Who's not interested? 
And when you ask the question, it's not the trying to figure out, but these questions actually just are a way of a phrase that Tony Puckard uses. Um, she was a woman in the Zen tradition. And she uses the, the, the phrase, a wearing without knowing. So you don't have any idea what the answer is. And the answer isn't even important. It's the effect of the inquiry that is so helpful. This, too, brings about a very sustaining energy because the mind is just held in this interest. It helps to bring about the quality of perseverance. You know, even like when we're tied up in a knot over something and then we just bring in this quality of interest, investigation. It's like then the mind is right there with what's happening. And it doesn't matter that it's challenging. It doesn't matter that it's unpleasant. It doesn't matter that it's difficult. There's a real opening of the mind in relationship to this difficulty. And this is like if there's resistance in your practice, you know, whether you can might notice during the course of a day times when the resistance comes in. Maybe it's waking up in the morning and just resistance, like, you know, just wanting to roll over, go back to sleep. I'm not ready to be aware. <laughs> or, you know, maybe it's after lunch when you got the sleepy blues and, you know, oh, oh, you know, later later. And then just pay attention. What is the mind saying no to? What? You know, and just looking. What are we shutting out? What can't we accept? What's not okay? Non-judgmental interest. And then, you know, it it becomes such a joyful practice when this quality of interest is there. That it's like watching the Dharma unfold before our eyes. And we're really, this quality of investigation is going right into the heart of what it is to be alive in this body, with this mind, right here and now. A joyful exploration, both when it's easeful and when it's difficult.
This quality of investigation is, uh, you know, the wisdom factor. And there's a line from the suttas that I love that is um, related to this quality of investigation. And it's, the great dark is torn apart. You know, that just all of the delusion, gone, when there is clear seeing. When we turn the lights on through this quality of interest and investigation. If we're playing with uh, inquiry, using questions, we need to take care how we do that because it can be too much at times. I mean, sometimes it is just so naturally happening, there's nothing needed. And if we start thinking, oh, I should be asking questions, I should be, you know, looking, inquiring, and we start throwing in all these questions, it's, it's just leading to agitation. And that's where needing to find the balance with tranquility. So, it's just this play of really working hand in hand together with tranquility and alertness. Going back to Upasaka Key's um, lines, but if you can get discernment to accompany your concentration, that's when you'll really benefit. You'll see things all the way through and be able to let them go. In the clarity of the mind, there's no more grasping when we see clearly. And so just, you know, keeping this in mind, you know, as you find that you've fallen into, you know, we're getting relaxed, you're really working with it, there's a spaciousness of mind, oh, spaced outness, oh, just being aware of it, alert, the knowing of it. And then, you know, seeing how the quality of interest helps to stabilize, helps to steady, helps um, just to have that, bring that balance, that steadiness and perseverance. Holding this with a playful heart, not getting caught in the perfection of it. And that's where we let awareness be the purification. You know, that if we're, if we're going one side to the other, and then there's mindfulness, seeing this in a non-judgmental way, a natural rectifying happens. So we don't, it's not doing any of this in a he- heavy-handed way. It's very light. And it's really the investigation of who we are and the potential of this human life. So let's just sit for a few minutes. Mm -hmm. 